Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge, now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program. It's hour one on this Wednesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. And yes, Paulie's birthday week continues. It's incredible. Ah, oh, the love that is shared here every morning. <laughs> hours upon hours of just love. 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 Feeling the flu coming on. Oh, all week long, buy one t-shirt and get another one for 50% off. The discount takes place at checkout and uh, goes on all week long at danpatrick.com. Stat of the day brought to you by... Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. We'll get to phone calls, emails, tweets, all the above. Got a play uh, play of the day, stat of the day, poll question. All of that forthcoming. We'll talk to uh, the former NFL coach Rex Ryan. will join us a little bit later on. David Cohn, former baseball pitcher, now an analyst for the Yankees Network. He'll join us coming up as well. This is how it sounded last night. Here's Michael Kay with the call. Fielders on the left side for Judge, and here's the 3 1. Drill deep to left field. There it goes. Number 60. Slide over, babe. You've got some company. Aaron James Judge. 
has tied George Herman Babe Ruth with 60 home runs. Well, it's been a season to remember. The Yankees outfielder in hot pursuit of Roger Maris and also the Triple Crown. People don't realize best average, best homers, and best RBIs. Right now, it's Aaron Judge. The four-time All-Star is going to be a free agent in the offseason. Judge has had a historical season. But that doesn't mean that you should give him a 10-year deal, which is probably what he's going to want. He's going to be 31 at the start of next season. There have been injuries, injury concerns throughout his seven-year career. That's not a great combination for somebody looking for probably a 10-year contract. Every player ages differently, so it's hard to predict how much longer Judge will be in his prime. And I always thought, you know, the bigger the guy, the more holes in his swing. But Judge, with the batting average, great eye at the plate, certainly this year, and he's been healthy the entire season. He's probably on the verge of a record-breaking contract, uh, but I would think this is a little riskier than people would probably like to think. I'm looking at some of these contracts that didn't work out. Jason Hayward signed an eight-year deal with the Cubs. That didn't work out. Robinson Cano, don't you know, signed with the Mariners. Ten-year deal. Tigers re-signed Miguel Caprera. Eight years, $240 million. Baltimore re-signed Chris Davis. Seven years, $161 million. Josh Hamilton, the Angels, five years. Eric Hosmer, Padres, eight years. Yankees signed Jacoby Ellsbury, seven years, 153 Carl Crawford in the Red Sox, seven years, 142. I would not want to give Aaron Judge a 10-year deal. Now, here's what has not been brought up very often, and it should be, because Aaron Judge is from the West Coast. I don't know. if You know when the Yankees had their offer that was just over $200 million? Aaron Judge's side, I don't believe, countered. It wasn't one of those, no, we want this. They want to wait. Does Aaron Judge want to stay a Yankee? I'm curious about that. Because if you do, then maybe you would have countered or said, hey, I'll do it. I want this. But he didn't. I think it was the Yankees offer just over $200 million, and he said no. That's it. And now he bet on himself. He could be the MVP, triple crown, and he could surpass Roger Maris' single-season home run record all in the same year. And I was curious where he stood with Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire. So at the same point of the season, through the team's first 147 games, Judges played in 143, McGuire played in 139, and Bonds played in 138. At this juncture, through 147 games, Bonds had 64 home runs in 2001. McGuire had 62 in 1998. Judge with 60 right now. As far as strikeouts, if that matters, Bonds uh, had struck out 89 times, McGuire 139, and Judge 159. Intentional walks. Bonds had 29, McGuire 28, Judge 17. Total walks. Bonds had 153 walks, McGuire 151, and Aaron Judge at 93. I'm surprised they pitched to him. I'm also even more surprised that they don't pitch well to him. You know, you know he's coming to the plate. And now, look, if you want to challenge him, great. I love competition. 
But I also want to be smart when I compete. I want to be smart when I pitch. And it just doesn't seem like that. There are pitches that are thrown that are right over the middle of the plate. It's not like he's hitting a bad ball home run. Manny, Manny Ramirez would do that all the time. Vlad Guerrero, great bad ball hitter. But Judge, it's just like, here you go. Let me see if you can hit it. And yep, yep, he hit it. Yeah, Seaton. You know how sometimes you like try so hard not to do something that then mm. you end up doing it? Yeah. I wonder if that's what is getting in pitchers' heads. Because some of those balls, it's like, yeah, like this hanging curveball that's just right there. You know, it smashes the crap out of Explain it. Explain it to me, what you're talking about. That you try so hard, what, to not throw a pitch over the plate? Yeah, like I think maybe some of the pitchers, you know, if you're on the mound last night, you know, all right, well, this could be 60. As soon as Aaron Judge steps up to the plate, whether you're really conscious of it or not, you know that there's like a home run record yeah. on the line. Yeah. And so you're trying not to give up an easy pitch or a home run ball. You know what I mean? Yes, Paul. So it's the bottom of the ninth. The Yankees are down 8-4 to four to Pittsburgh. Will Crow is the pitcher. He comes in. He pitches to Aaron Judge. Now, I'm not a baseball expert on situational baseball and when you should put someone on first base, but Aaron Judge, you're up four runs. Wouldn't you park him at first and then deal with Rizzo, who's not playing well and also coming off the DL? It just You start with the home run, and then the Yankees just went crazy. Hit, hit walk. Grand slam. Well, you know, you don't want to put him on. That's what the pitcher said. Uh, he said that Judge did what he was supposed to do. 3-1 count. I'm not going to put him on. I felt like I just wanted to go after him. Started away, came back in. He put a good swing on a bad pitch. Yeah, that's the key. That that part of the sentence is the key. It, it was a bad pitch. And he took advantage of it. I love when I see pitchers who are willing to pitch against somebody. Because a lot of times, you know, in this era, it's about I'm going to throw it and then you swing. That's it. There's really no gamesmanship. And, you know, baseball is, you know, part of the history of it. The lore of it is the gamesmanship of how to pitch somebody, how to pitch around somebody. But with baseball now, it's I'm going to throw it and let me see if you can hit it. All right, you hit it. You're a better man than me. And it's a solo home run. But then Giancarlo Giancarlo Stanton hit a grand slam, and they beat the Pirates. Yeah, Paul. The Pirates reliever gave it up to Judge. His name's Will Crow. His great-great-uncle was named Red Ruffing. He played he with pitched. Babe Ruth. Oh. He played on the same team as Babe Ruth wow. with the, in the Yankees in nineteen early 1930s. He, that, he went out and visited the uh, Monument Park there as well, Will Crow did, prior to the game. I guess soaking up some of that uh, Yankee history. But, uh, yeah, gave up the home run, and it was not a good pitch. I mean, great pitch for Judge, but if you're trying to stay away from the most dangerous home run hitter, mm, you didn't do a very good job. <laughs> not good, as Brady Hoke might say. Uh, this program brought to you by the great folks at Simply Safe Home Security, and you can protect your home. With the help of Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. Claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off with interactive monitoring at simplysafedan.com. All right, what's the poll question today there, Seton O'Connor? More impressive, Dan, hitting 73 home runs in a season, hitting 60-plus home runs three times over four seasons. This is a very designed poll question by a Chicago sports fan. Mm. Take away any biases? And you can and you cannot uh, inject steroids into this topic. Oh, hey, oh. Hey. because okay. both guys are accused people. But Barry Bonds hit over fifty home runs once in his career. 
he had 73. Now, they took the bat out of his hands a lot with walks. Yeah. Would you rather hit 73 in one season or 60-plus three out of four seasons? Which, by far. Sammy Sosa did. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I guess if I'm going to do it, I want to be the best to do it, so I would take the 73. I'd be, I'd be a one. Now, if I'm also factoring in everything else that Bonds did in his career, it's not like he just had one moment, one year. He had an entire career. Sosa, that's impressive, but no one ever brings up Sosa for the Hall of Fame. Never. Never. He broke Roger Maris's record three times. Yeah, but, but his, when it comes up for the Hall of Fame, it's Bonds and Clemens. It's never Sammy Sosa, ever. Yes, Todd. But don't you want to show the consistency of how well you take steroids by getting 60-plus in three years? It's like, wow, he, can, he really kept it. You know, went to cycle on, cycle off. Okay. All right. Respect. I'm going to give you a bloop, bloop on that one. It's, it's like Lance Armstrong. You know, if you did it once and you dominated, okay, I'm going to cheat so well, I'm going to do it seven times. Yes, Paul. It, the, it, to be fair to Barry Bonds, the reason he didn't hit, he hit 73 in 2001. The next three seasons, he hit 46 homers, 45, 45. The reason is because they took the bat out of his hands. The year after he hit 73, they walked him 198 times. Not intentionally, but um, it's the most, and then 148 times. In 2004, at age 39, Bonds was walked 232 times. By far the most in MLB history. That's amazing. And still hit 45 home runs. They took away one-third of his at-bats. Yeah. Well, I do believe if uh, you pitched to him in 2001 when he hit 73, he would have hit 100 home runs. <laughs> I mean, he would, have, he would have hit 100 home runs. I truly believe that. Yeah, Paul. You asked Smoltz about it, and you're, you were asking John Smoltz, who was at his prime, what it was like to face Bonds. He goes, he was the only guy where there's nowhere to put it. Yeah. Like, there's no, like, down low, in high, you know, off-speed. There was no pitch that worked, so the only pitch that worked was putting him on first base. And Bonds had such a great eye at the plate. So let's take away the steroids. His ability to see a strike or let one go. He had a bread box, and he waited for you to serve it. And if you put it in there, he was going to hit it out. That's it. He wouldn't mess with the other stuff. It's like, here's the window. If you put it here, I'm going to take this piece of cheese, and I'm taking it deep. And, and you know, he, he wasn't a great batting average guy, a couple of years back with the Pirates, he was. But, you know, a lot of times those guys will hit, you know, 270 and hit 40 home runs. But he did have a great eye. Yes, Seaton. Ken Griffey Jr. in 1998 hit 56 home runs. Yeah. Which is a, that's a tremendous accomplishment. That's yeah. a hell of a lot of home runs. Mm. The only problem is <laughs> Sammy Sosa hit 66 and McGuire hit 70. You don't even realize that, that Ken Griffey Jr. had that many home runs that year because it's just so overshadowed. Yeah. That's a lot, though. Yeah, it is. At least it used to be. It used to be, yeah, but 56? Okay, dang. but if we have today's baseball mentality, you go out there and you throw really hard, and then I swing really hard. Why is it the judge has 60 home runs, and the next closest is 20 home runs less, Kyle Schwarber? Why aren't a bunch of guys hitting 50 if everybody goes up there trying to hit a home run? Seton? Answer me. Yes. Uh, he may have a certain advantage of a short porch, but I don't know. 
Yeah, but right field at Yankee State, that, that's why you always have great home run hitters that they're, they're uh, left-handed hitters. Yeah, I don't know how many of his went over right field fence, but maybe. I don't know. Judge hits them to left. Yeah. Now, you know, some of these guys have the ability to go the other way, opposite way. Yes, Paul. Here's my uh, my favorite steroid era stat. Mm. 1999, Sammy Sosa hit 300. Mm-hmm. He hit 63 home runs and 150 RBIs. He finished ninth in the MVP voting. <laughs> like, you know what? Ah, that, that's not that great. Yeah. But did, 63. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think what people thought of Sosa back then. I know the team wasn't that good. They, they were competitive a couple of times. They started getting good actually when his homers went down. You know, in 2002, three and four, he was at the tail end. He was still hitting homers, but not. He's hit more like 45 homers. Man. And then they started playing well with Wood and Pryor. But he never tested positive. You know, for all these people who talk about Bonds, you know, or Clemens, hey, you know, they didn't test positive. Okay. I don't think Sammy did. He had a corked bat, but he didn't test positive. I'm just trying to understand the logic there. Not that Sosa should be in the Hall of Fame. Do I think he cheated? Yes, I do. But it doesn't feel like you're treating him the same way you do McGuire and Sosa. And Sammy did it on a more consistent basis than McGuire and Bonds did. When you think about it, you're coming over. I'm getting you over. No, I'm, years of I, whittling I, away. I, I'm not coming over. <laughs> not coming over. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, nine to noon Eastern or six to nine Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
Got some quick math for you. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, and delivering your product or service, the more margin you have, the more money you keep, right? That's obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, borrowing, everything else costs more. So let's reduce that. The headaches, the cost, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system that brings accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and brings it onto one platform. One source of truth. So you're only paying for that. It reduces IT costs because NetSuite lives in the clouds. No hardware required. Accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash Patrick right now and save NetSuite.com slash Patrick. Hey guys, it's Steve Cavino from Cavino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck... You buy Toyota Dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. He's David Cohn, former Yankee champ, now a Yankee announcer on the Yes Network, as Aaron Judge has hit his 60th home run, and uh, David Cohn back on the program. Good to see you, David. If you were pitching last night in the ninth inning when Aaron Judge came to the plate, would you have gone at him or avoided? In that situation, I would have gone at him. I thought Will Crow did the right thing. You had a four-run lead. You know, Aaron Judge at that point, it was a 3-1 count. Yeah, yeah, I, I would have challenged him. You know, I pitched in Cal Ripken's last game at, at Camden Yards, and I threw him nothing but fastballs the whole night. I tried to challenge him. It was kind of the honor system. I knew it was his fair. You know, I, I respected him so much. So I've actually been in that situation before, and, and I did exactly what Will Crow did last night. I, I admire that, you know, that you felt like, hey, this is the last time we're going to see Cal. And I, if he hits, if he takes me deep, you were fine with that. I was fine with it. It was a meaningless game, uh, and it was his last game. And I had such enormous respect for how he went about it. And I think that's part of the reason why you see opposing pitchers respect Aaron Judge so much, because the way he acts, the way he carries himself. He hit the 60th home run, set his bat down quietly, ran around the bases as if it was like any other home run. And I think that really resonates with opposing pitchers. And I've heard that around the league about how much respect that, that Aaron Judge garners because just the, the way he carries himself, similar to the way Cal Ripken carried himself. How would you pitch to Aaron Judge? 
He has really changed, Dan, this year. I mean, he's really made great improvements on not chasing as many breaking balls. You know, you used to try to get him to chase sliders off the plate, right and left, one after another. Eventually, you'd get him to chase. He's not doing that anymore. When guys stop chasing fastballs and slow stuff away, then they're usually susceptible with fastballs up and in. He's hitting those pitches as well uh, this year. So uh, there's really no one place to go and get him out this year. I think that's why he's on on the verge of a triple crown uh, in the American League this year. Yeah, and I think that's important, you know, his batting eye and he's he's 30 years of age. So that that to me is what's interesting that he is making himself better learning to be a better player at age 30. That doesn't normally happen at that age. No, he doesn't. You know, he's got a setup. He's got sort of his own program, his own hitting style, his own swing that he owns. But he also has uh, these high-speed pitching machines at Yankee Stadium in the bowels of the stadium. If you walk through the bowels of Yankee Stadium, you'll see a pitching, sort of a batting cage set up for Aaron Judge, and it's a high-speed pitching machine that throws 100-mile-an-hour sliders. It can, it, can, it can make it break at that high velocity, and he'll, he'll go up there in between innings, and he'll just track really fast sliders, high-spin sliders, and he's trained his eye to sort of see that so that when he's in the game and he sees a 90-mile-an-hour slider – it's like taking the donut off the bat. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I, I track it. I see it now. Uh, who do you consider the single season home run champ? Uh, wow. You know, I, it, there's, there's an asterisk. It's still Barry Bonds, but I, you have to put an asterisk around the steroid era. You know, I'm, I'm not saying we don't acknowledge them. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to be you know, judgmental and you know, holier than thou with my attitude, but I do think we need to acknowledge the elephant in the room that, uh, you know, these guys probably were enhanced. They probably did use performance enhancing drugs, even though, you know, we don't have definitive proof. We certainly know pretty well, you know, the Barry Bonds did and Mark McGuire did. So you have to put an asterisk around that era. So who is the real one? That's a great debate. That's what makes this so interesting that, you know, a lot of people think it's right now what Aaron judge is doing is the real home run chase. Aaron judge himself who grew up in the San Francisco area still credits Barry Bonds. He said, I was a kid watching Barry Bonds flip him into the, into the, um, into the Bay at San Francisco. So, you know, he, he considers Barry Bonds the, the real home run champ. So yeah, that, that's what makes baseball so great. We can debate these generational type things more than any other sport. Yeah. But I didn't have to be on the mound facing these guys. You did. What, what's that like knowing that that guy in my mind is using performance enhancing drugs and you have to pitch to him? It was the lines were blurred back then in the 90s. I mean, with the benefit of hindsight, now I can look back and say, hey, wait a minute. You know, I want my pitching numbers adjusted. <laughs> I pitched in a different era here. Wait, I, my ERA was better than it really, really was. Well, that's why I look Certainly, at what Pedro Martinez did, Coney. I mean, Pedro was, I mean, that's in the American League in the steroid era, in the heart of it, and Pedro is dealing. That's exactly right. That's, you know, that's just sort of, you know, in baseball we have these advanced metrics that have these adjusted stats, OPS plus, ERA, ERA plus, that factors in the environment that you played in, the league averages. Well, you're right. Pedro Martinez could be the greatest pitcher ever because of what he had to, to deal with in that era. And Aaron Judge could be having the greatest season ever because he's played in an integrated era. He's playing in an era that the, you know, we do test for steroids. He's playing in an era where offense is down across the board. He's got 20 more home runs than the next guy. He's completely lapped the field. But so that's what I don't understand, strong, David, yeah. is in today's analytics, everybody's trying to hit home runs. You're throwing as hard as you can, and I'm swinging as hard as I can. Why are home runs down? 
Uh, well, I think partly is the baseball. Major League Baseball has talked about changing the baseball. They're certainly, you know, Major League Baseball owns Rawlings, who makes the baseballs. They, they're on record as saying they're trying to make the baseball more uniform. They, the, the theory among pitchers in the major leagues is that there's two different baseballs. There's one that flies and there's one that dies. This year they're using the one that dies more is what they say. So in Major League Baseball is on record. This isn't, this isn't me breaking any new news. They're, they're trying to make the baseball travel less. Why? Trying to get more action into the game. I think, they, and I, I think they're trying to, to have a uniform baseball that gets away from exactly what you're saying, where it's just a home run game. We want more contact. We want more action. That's why the rules are changing next year with the pitch clock, yada, yada, yada. That, that's, that's the theory behind a lot of these changes. I wonder if pitchers pitch to Bonds when he hits 73, if he would have hit 100 home runs that year, David. I, it's a valid question, Dan. It really is because you look at how, how many times he was walked. Yeah, I think what two hundred times he was walked that year, or one one eighty yeah, at least. One eighty, Paulie says. Yeah, and yeah, one eighty, and a lot of those were intentional. A lot were unintentional. Buck Showalter walked him with the bases loaded one game. I mean, you know, they go with four four. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll suck up that run, and you go take first base. I mean, that's how ridiculous it became with Bonds. Oh my God! Did you face Bonds in that era? I faced him when he was in Pittsburgh when I was on oh, okay. in the National League. So and, and then we in 1992 we both were free agents and he went to San Francisco. I went to Kansas City. So that was kind of the last time I saw him was was his Pittsburgh days, the first six years of his career. I wonder about you mentioned Judge growing up in the Bay Area. He turned down the deal with the Yankees, but didn't even counter that offer. I think by the Yankees. How much concern do you think there is with the Yankees that maybe Aaron Judge does want to play someplace else? Maybe he does want to play in San Francisco. We just don't know. I mean, Aaron Judge has played this so close to the vest. Uh, you know, Dan, we were in Boston recently, and somebody asked him about Boston, and he said, oh, what great fans, you know, Boston, what a great place to play. <laughs> I mean, it's like he has this script, and he's playing uh, poker, and nobody can read him. He has no tells. Uh, we don't know what he really thinks. We don't know how important his home is to him where he grew up. We don't even know if the Giants are going to be in play, even though we think they might be, if they're going to spend that kind of money. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he, he's got one shot at this. Aaron Judge is 30 years old. He's got one shot at being a free agent and actually finding out what other offers will be. And I think he's so close. That's what he wants to get to. He wants to find out, is there another owner out there? Is there a couple of owners out there that are going to really – push the system, and he, that's the only true way you can find out what your market value is. But I wonder about that. Uh, Pujols was 31 when the Cardinals let him go. They got a Hall of Fame career from Pujols, and it was the right decision. Judge is going to be 31 starting this next season. Would you sign him to a 10-year deal? Well, yeah, you know, that here is, here's where the rubber beats the road. The reason there are 10-year deals out there is because the owners themselves want to spread out those costs because of the luxury tax. They could theoretically pay Aaron Judge what he's worth. Uh, what is the top of the payroll right now? Max Scherzer makes in the mid-40s. Okay, give Aaron Judge a six-year deal then for $50 million a year rather than try to do the 10-year deal for 35 or $40 million a year. It's the owners who want to spread out those costs and avoid the luxury tax. So, you know, it's hard to blame the players for that. It's hard to say, well, we can't give them 10 years because they'll be 38. Well, you don't have to. You could pay them top dollar or go way above and beyond for five years and pay them more than anybody else in the history of the game because he's doing something else 
that nobody else in the history of the game's doing this year. So he, he certainly proved his worth. We're talking to David Cohn. He is an uh, announcer for the Yankees on the S Network, and of course, a uh, former great pitcher, World Series champ. Why didn't the Yankees bunt on Kurt Schilling? In Game Six, in O four, come. I heard you say that before. It is it is so good that you say that, and it's it brought back the memories to me of watching that series and thinking the same exact damn thing. You know, it's like you, you had to test him, didn't you? I mean, you know, certainly, uh, it, it it shows you, Dan, that people don't know how to bunt anymore. It's a lost art. Probably the best, the last best great bunter I saw was Brett Butler. The, the great leadoff hitter for the Dodgers and they, and, and they, and the Braves at one point, he could do it with the best of them. Wait till the last minute, disguise it, lay down a bunt. Guys just don't know how to bunt anymore for the last 20 years, really. Oh, my God. You faced Gwen a few times, right? Yes, many times. What's that? I, I remember talking to Maddox. He said, you know, I got to the point where I, I, I didn't know how to, what to throw to him. Because it felt like he knew what, whatever I was throwing, I was going to be around the plate. He was going to do something with it. Like, they don't have batting eyes like that. And you don't get paid to hit for, you know, 360, 370. I mean, do you think we're ever getting back to that? Where, you know, you got Boggs and, you know, Carew and Ichiro and these guys, Brett. That it meant something to bat that high. Because the analytics, they, you know, they're not going to favor you when it comes to making money. You know, I, I think you're, it's a, you're dead on once again. Uh, you know, the ironic part is Theo Epstein, who is one of the most progressive thinkers in the last 20 years, is now out of baseball and, and in on the, the uh, management side trying to sort of disassemble everything he created and create new rules to kind of get more action in the game exactly to the heart of the matter of what you're talking about. We need more contact. We need more action. We need more base running. We need more doubles and triples. We need uh, uh, something to happen sooner in baseball games. There's four minutes between a ball put in a play now compared to two minutes uh, 30 years ago. So, you know, that's really what's going on in Major League Baseball now, trying to address exactly what you're talking about. Uh, Tony Gwynn was unreal. You know, the joke among pitchers was, you know what you have to do to him? Just throw it down the middle because he doesn't know what to do with the pitch down the middle. You throw it in, he hits a line drive to right. You throw it away, he hits a line drive to left. So just throw it down the middle of the first pitch and see see if he confuses himself. Are the Dodgers an all-time great team this season? They have a chance to be. They have a chance to be the greatest team in Dodgers history. And then also to get into the argument of all-time greatest teams. Uh, we don't know how many games they're going to end up winning. If they get to the 110 to 120 area, maybe 114. We had 114 in 1998, and we closed the deal and won the World Series. A couple of years later, the Seattle Mariners won 116 games in the regular season, Ichiro's first year, but they didn't close the deal, and nobody talks about that. So, yes, if they close the deal, they have their signature moment. They're kind of in the middle of a little dynasty right now, the Dodgers, and this could be their 1998 Yankees year. The, the one that really is their signature point in time, the great one of the greatest teams in franchise history. I think the Dodgers could easily do that. They're having a signature year, not only in the history of baseball, but for that organization. It's the Dodgers going back to Brooklyn. Yeah. This could be the greatest Dodgers team of all time if they can close it out. Where are your World Series rings? I have them in storage, actually. You know, I'm afraid to break them out. I'm going to leave it in a hotel room one night. You know, I'm a little bit of an airhead that way. You know, I tend to forget <laughs> things and, and leave leave things that sitting on hotel rooms, you know, and on, on the, the bed stand. But you got five of them, don't you? I do. I have five of them. I have one with the Blue Jays in 92, which they, they just uh, – 
you know, it was the 30 year anniversary up in Toronto for that one. So that's the beauty of these things. And that's what I told Dave Roberts recently, the manager of the Dodgers. I said, do you understand what you're, what's going on here to your, to your point, Dan, uh, you understand, you know, do you realize that? And he's going, no, I'm just trying to win tonight. And I said, well, you're going to appreciate it later. You know, that you, you've got your hands around the throat of maybe one of the greatest seasons of all time. And it's going to mean a lot to you on down the road. 20 years from now, you're going to be really much more appreciative of what's happening right now. And he said, you know, you're right. I need to, to learn and stop and stop and smell the roses. But you, there's so much anxiety in trying to win today, stay in the moment, win tonight and, and, and close the deal and don't blow it. You know, that most most players are filled with that kind of anxiety, certainly managers as well. You got a pitch that you still that could wake wake you up in the middle of the night. Like there's something that you did and you want that pitch back. Yes, there's a few of them. Ken Griffey Jr. hit a couple of upper deck rockets off of me in uh, game, game five. What's no, that I don't sound remember. like? Game that? five, 1995. What's that it sound was like? Three at night. <laughs> What's it sound like when when you give up a home run of that magnitude? Oh, it's you know that that's what wakes me up to sound. Jim Tomey hit an upper deck rocket grand slam off of me in game six. Of, of the playoffs in the LCS one year at Yankee Stadium. And the sound was, it was scary. I flinched on the mound. It was so loud. It was like a gunshot. Like only Jim Tomey could hit them. And, and the old Yankee Stadium and the true upper deck shots that, that were majestic halfway up. So, yeah, th- that's the sound I remember off of Jim Tomey's bat. I got, uh, Maddox told me it sounded like a car crash whenever he, and he always wanted to give up a home run that went really, really far. He said, I hate it if it just squeaked over the wall. If you hit it 316, that made me mad. If you hit a bomb, okay, give me the ball, let me go, let me get it. Not that Maddox gave up, you know, that many home runs. Is he the best pitcher of all time? It feels like Maddox is underrated. It feels like Maddox is underrated, David. Absolutely. The, the best combination of movement and control that I've ever seen. The best craftsman of all time. The, you know, a guy who was, what do you, what do you weigh? 165 pounds, you know, that, <laughs> he's yeah. up there on the mound. Yeah. Never missed a start. Never even had a, probably a sore arm. It took the ball over 700 games started in the big leagues. As long as he pitched. Just flipping little sinkers on the black out there and just change up slower than slow and just messing with hitters and laughing and smirking on the mound. You, you betcha he was the best craftsman of all time. Okay, I'm gonna, you're the manager. Game seven, any pitcher you want. You can't pick you. And you were eight and three, I think, in your career in the postseason. So who are you sending out there in the last 50 years who's pitching game seven for you? Randy Johnson because I think he just neutralizes left-handed batters so much. Left-handed batters, you remember John Crock turning around, hitting right-handed against him in the All-Star game? Paul O'Neill for the Yankees wanted no part of Randy Johnson. So I think just that in and of itself, that if you're a left-handed batter in any lineup, and most great lineups have pretty good left-handed batters, generally speaking, Randy Johnson just owns those guys. So you can take that part out of the equation. He threw 100 miles an hour plus with a slider that was a razor blade, buzz stall slider. I'm taking Randy Johnson. Great to mention he's 6'11 on the mound and kind kind of ugly too. He's kind of scary looking. So. Did you face him? I never faced him. I mean, I, not, I was in the American League, so I never got the bat against him. I certainly faced him and watched him mow through our lineups. You know, in that old kingdom too, the lighting wasn't good. It's kind of fuzzy in the kingdom. The, that. That was the first time you know, there's a term called fuzz. You're throwing fuzz. 
Randy Johnson threw fuzz. The ball looked like it had fuzz coming <laughs> off of it. It was blurry because he threw so hard. I love I'm that. Randy Johnson. Yeah. yeah. Throwing fuzz. That means you're throwing pretty hard. Yes. It's you, blurry. But I don't. Did you throw fuzz? Not, not like Randy Johnson. No, I was born. I was known for spin, you know, spinning it, dropping down, changing arm angles. I tried to be like Louis Tiant. You know, I was 12 Ooh. years old in 1975 in the World Series, and I fell in love with Louis Tiant pitching for the Red Sox at, at Fenway Park. And I was out in the backyard after that, after every game, playing wiffle ball, trying to be Louis Tiant. So that 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 was my guy. I, was, I tried to be like Louis. Good to talk to you again, David. Thanks for joining us, and uh, enjoy the ride there this season. My pleasure, Dan. Always good to be on with you. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byer. We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week, we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup, sits, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Carmen and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 join us march 20th live from the edge at hudson yards in new york city featuring an unforgettable performance by grammy and academy award-winning singer songwriter and composer john batiste the all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We were just talking about spring training. 
playing baseball, going to baseball games, playing softball. And I just brought back that taste when you're there at a spring training game and you get to have a Miller Lite. It's a warm afternoon, Scottsdale, Arizona. Beer here! Paula used to be a beer vendor. I was a beer vendor at Scottsdale Stadium and I slung Miller Lite. So I was just throwing them out. Okay. Not literally. Okay. But just that cold, refreshing taste. The crack? Yes. Not the crack of the bat. Which is better, crack of the bat's crack of the beer? Why, crack of the beer. Absolutely. (laughs) Miller Lite. It tastes like beer. How about that? That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And you should, too. They've been doing this since 1975. The original light beer. Everybody else is just trying to imitate them. Less filling, only 96 calories. Times change, but you can always enjoy the great taste of Miller Lite. Tastes like Miller time. Miller Lite. Get it delivered to your door. Visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick. Or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. What up, everyone? It's Lunchbox from the Bobby Bone Show. And I'm here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive. You can count on your new Camry to get you anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Oh, Rex Ryan is here, ESPN Sunday NFL Countdown Analyst, former NFL coach. And he's going to take part in the Amazing Race, the 34th season of the Amazing Race tonight at 10 Eastern and Pacific on CBS. Also available to stream live and on demand. Paramount Plus, we'll get to that topic coming up here in a moment. When did you make the decision not to coach anymore? Uh, Dan, that decision was made for me, I think. Uh, <laughs> and you can tell, I'll tell you what, the Bills made a horrible decision, obviously. <laughs> They're clearly the best team in the NFL. But it is funny. So life right now, you know, shoot, I haven't lost a game in five years. So, uh, yeah, I'm doing good. But this is, you know, I golf. I live right on a golf course. I golf almost every day. Um, I have a houseboat, so I go to the lake quite a bit so i mean it's rough man there's no question (laughs) any concerns about the bills i got no concerns i dan i i think i look at this team as like who the heck's gonna beat them i that this might be one of those i mean they could challenge the dolphins and all that type of stuff you know and and obviously i think the bears are the best team ever that year in 85 and they had that one stumble against uh, Miami. This is this team has that kind of look to it. And the reason I say that is they have so much depth. Like, that's the thing. They have depth at the, the D-line spot. Bill Walsh used to tell me, he goes, you got to win games in the fourth quarter. You have to be able to rush the passer. And remember back in those days, he uh, Coach Walsh was way ahead of everybody else. He kept like nine or ten active defense alignment 
just to do that. He thought he'd be ahead, so he had to rush the passer. And uh, that's exactly what he did. So my dogs are barking <laughs> over here. But uh, but I see that team doing that. They add Devon Miller, they, um, who's a, who can still play. And then offensively, I mean, hell, this team never punts. I know. You know they don't punt. I know. You know, so it's uh, – I, I, I think actually the craziest thing is I think their biggest test will be at Miami. And the reason I say that, you got to play Miami in September um, at that stadium. I think it's the biggest home field advantage in the National Football League. I've been on that sideline. I've been up by two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, and I've seen our team wilt under that sun. Mm -hmm. And I think that's it. It's not just the team. they got a hell of a football team. They're well coached, obviously, but it, and, and the fans are good, but it's that heat. And and I just think it's a, I think it's a a, a huge advantage. So we're going to find out. I also was curious that the Browns losing to the Jets, and then they have to turn around and play the Steelers tomorrow night. If you were coaching the Browns, you were Kevin Stefanski. You acknowledge what happened against the Jets, or you do you clear the slate and say, let's just turn our attention to Pittsburgh? Well, I think you got to address it because you, you can't let something like that happen again. And it was, I mean, the Jets had a 0.1% chance of winning that game. Like, look at all the factors that went into it that you lost that game. And everybody's on, hey, they should have told Nick Chubb or whatever. At that time, you're, you know, look, you can say it, but if you score a touchdown, here's the thing. In a coach's mind, you're thinking, well, that's seven. It's not six points. It's seven points. You're up two touchdowns, whatever. And I get it. The clock is. But they had they had to bl um, blow a coverage, clearly blew a coverage, and just give them a freebie. They had to – the Jets had to recover an onside kick, and they go down and score again. Like, so many factors that went in, all within two minutes. So, I don't blame Chubb or, or whatever. I – but this is something, yeah, you have to address it. You've got to talk about finishing games. You've got to talk about those things. But, yes, 100%, you're right. The best thing that happened to the Browns is that they they do – they talk about it, and then they, they go immediately into playing against Pittsburgh. And so I think it's kind of an advantage to them to play so early. I really do. We're talking to Rex Ryan, ESPN Sunday NFL Countdown Analyst and part of the 34th season of The Amazing Race, which we'll get to in a moment. Can you be outcoached or outplayed? Like, one or the other? Well, you can get both because <laughs> I've been both. <laughs> You've been outcoached. How, how are you outcoached? You're outcoached when uh, at, at big moments – that that team is more prepared than your team is and making mistakes. We saw it. We saw Baltimore get out coach, which is rare. You got a John Harbaugh coach football team. And, and Dan, the amazing thing is in that game, I thought Greg Roman had all the pressure in the world on him. And he came up with a phenomenal game plan. And it started with protecting his quarterback. And so he, he, I mean, a plus, plus, plus. And then on the other side, it's like, you're the Baltimore Ravens. Don't ever forget that. When you got somebody up by, you're up 21 points, I'm sorry. Game, set, match. If you're up seven points, 
the mentality always was game, set, match. And here you're up 21. You allow Tyreek Hill to go blowing by you, whether blown coverage or, you know, whatever it was. Well, that's on you as a coach. So that's getting out coached. That's getting out coached. You, you handed, you gifted the Miami Dolphins a victory right there. But did you yeah. ever out coach Belichick? What's that? Did you ever out coach Belichick? We damn sure outplayed him once, <laughs> you know, a couple of times. I, I don't think I'll coach him. I, I think uh, maybe one time, maybe one time, and, and I, I coached against him, uh, uh, you know, more than any other coach in the history of this game. And I'm sure he outcoached me in every other one, but I think I might have got him once, <laughs> maybe once. What, what was that post-game handshake like when you, you felt like you outcoached him? Or did, were they all the handshakes the same with Belichick? Nah, they were a little different. And and you know it's funny. I I mean I say I'll coach my. I, I mean I, I don't I don't know about that. I mean I'm not going to just go on record as saying I'll coach them. But I think but, you just uh, did. I think you just did. Right? Yeah, maybe I did. Okay. <laughs> and that'll be it, Dan. Everybody I know. Saying I'm like, yeah, coach me for you know twenty of the twenty one times we played, but I think I got him once. But I knew damn well my team was prepared against his ass every single time. And if I had Tom Brady, I might outcoach him a few more times. But <laughs> um, but generally, it was one of those deals where, you know, I had a, a ton of respect for Belichick and and always have, always will. Uh, he was clearly the best best football coach I ever, uh, you know, had the opportunity to coach against. So it wasn't even close. If you had Brady, uh, would you still be coaching? Probably. Yeah. No. And you know what's funny? Um, and, and obviously, look, I would have never done as good a job as Belichick did with Tom Brady. But I think he's proved that he can go other places and still be Tom Brady. So, um, you know, I, I mean, you have a, a once-in-a-lifetime player like that, but the, the best that, that our game's ever seen. I would hope so. You know, I knew one thing. I wasn't going to get out coached defensively that against anybody that ever coached. I knew I could coach on uh, my team on defense could be there with anybody that's ever done it. And whether it was a gift that, that has been passed down or I inherited or whatever it was, I knew I could coach defense. Now, the other part of the game, all that, you know, I, I probably wasn't as good as Belichick, obviously. Nobody has. But I know I, I could coach them. And, and – uh, it came to me one time somebody said, well, if you look at my years as a defensive coordinator with Baltimore and my six years as a head coach of the Jets, all right, in all of those seasons, so I guess that's 10 years, um, the defense that I coached outranked Bill Belichick's defense in total defense nine out of those 10 years. So I'll just go ahead and rest it on that. <laughs> Would you rather draw up a defense for Mahomes or Josh Allen? Oh, that's why I'm in this chair right here, Dan. I mean, I don't have to call a defense against those guys. But if you, you know, did. Yeah, I, I think I really think probably Patrick Mahomes, and which is like a ridiculous statement because he's amazing. <laughs> but Josh Allen, to me, I see the difference in the red zone. And, and – where Josh Allen almost appears to be unstoppable in the red zone. And why? Because he can he can run through it like a halfback in the power of a fullback. 
He's got a bazooka for an arm. Both these kids do. Um, you know, but Kansas City's always about the shovel pass and all that type of stuff. You don't see Mahomes with that threat of running and running through linebackers that you do with Josh Allen. And I think that kind of separates them in the red zone in particular. But either one, it's a – I mean, that's a that's a horrible <laughs> – like, like literally you would sit back and go – Man, do I have the flu? Do I have the flu? Did somebody else need to coach this defense this week? You know, if I had Mike Pett, I'd be like, all right, Pett, you got this game. <laughs> uh, explain to me how you got involved in the Amazing Race. You know, it's just one of those things. It, it was uh, – I had gotten a call from uh, <clears throat> somebody at CBS, and they're like, would, would you and your brother do it? And I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. I love the show. Amazing Race, a, a great show. But I'm like, my brother, here's the problem. My brother's still coaching, so there's no chance I'm doing it. And either way, I'm playing golf one day, and and uh, I said, yeah, it was funny. I got a call, you know, CBS. They see, you know, they just wanted to see if I was interested. And so one of my buddies like, look, that's, that's you know, my mom and, and my mother-in-law, both of them, that's their favorite show. I'm like, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> and, and he goes, man, I would love to do it. And so I'm like, well. Let me call back. And here's the thing, Dan, it wasn't like they said, okay, you're definitely in 100%. We had to do, we had to go through everything. And believe me, there's a lot of stuff. You go through psychological evaluations, several of them. Um, there's a, a wonderlick test that you take. You get all the physicals. Once you get down, you got to take all these shots because you never know where you're going. You got to like it's it's a huge process. Videos, you're doing all kinds of stuff, and and so they never treated us any different. You know, I mean, it was a it was a long process. But when they chose us, it's like, all right, let's go, man. And here's the problem when when we were going through the process, I was weighing like close to 300, and I'm like well, let me just go out and run. You know, I'm going to go out and run. And you assume like, you know, hey, I'm a kid. I used to run six miles a day. Like, I, I start going. I'm like, man, man, this, this is rough. I finally make it a mile. I'm like, that's it. There's a big hill. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm done. And, but after three weeks, I started running three and a half miles a day. So I got my weight down. I lost 50 pounds. And this is like in about a month or a month and a half. So I go down 50 pounds. I start running three and a half miles a day. So I was like, because I don't want to let my my buddy down. And my buddy's a uh, pro officer here in uh, in the Nashville area. He's um, a former powerlifting champion, and he runs in marathons. So I'm like, <laughs> we are very similar that way. <laughs> Power lifter, marathon runner, very similar that way. But, uh, but it was, I'm like, let's go for it. So we did. And, you know, it's a hell of a show and it's great. And it's funny. I would watch like other seasons, you know, trying to get ready. And I'm like, Oh hell, I can't do that. Oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do this. Like, I wasn't exactly. I think when you're when you're old, slow, weak, and dyslexic on top of that, probably <laughs> not the best teammate, you know. But either way, I mean, it's it, it's a blast. And when you got there, finally started doing things, it was great. Good for you. Good. Could you beat Belichick if it was you against him in an amazing race? 
if it was a fight, maybe, you know, and if, if we had a, you know, a fist fight, I could probably beat him, but I'm not beating him in anything else. <laughs> He's <laughs> that dude, that guy's sharp as a tack. There's no way. Great to talk to you. Have fun. We look forward to watching you. Thank you, Rex. Uh, my pleasure, Dan. Take care. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80 live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places.